Bojo. Ani. Welcome to Enwaying, our sound podcast. This is our podcast about raising children in Anishinaabemowin as second language learners. I'm Mashko Gapakwe, and this is my husband. Here we will be talking about stories, challenges, triumphs, and tips as we share our experiences about our household of five. Beamed Beam again. Okay. Honey. Bojo. Halifax, Jawanang, I think it's Mok Jawanang, 
um, B2 menacing, Gawin, Gawin, Beisho, Beisho, Um and that Ingi and Dayan Beisho Zibing Pikwesensian, Namigwetu and them. Gaye Gawin and Giasi. Gamisan, Mage, Shimea, Megwar, Noski, Weed Magea, Abta, Abta, Mamaan, Nashime, Brent, Gashwan, Jankso, Jankso, Bibonang, Gibin, the Gay Squar, Squar, Gibin, the Gay. P. Gondot, Gondot, Zip, Shime. Gionendan, um, Edeming, um, Born. Oh, get, 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 get. No, stop, Kim, meanwhile. Go, Miss Sayan, Nan. Nadwe Nong, and that Nongom, Brent. The wind dog and ug Nishinabe mo walk na Mean going where going the noy maganam Nishinabem siwak No comes minam show mess for the Ngashe Nikea Ngashe Onaida Awe. Minam Shomis Ki Oneida Ki Oneida Mork Taishwebo Ki Ki Oneida Mortua Siwan Ni Johnson Amuenje Oneida Moss Oneida Mossik Gushe that don't know what we just said um, we were talking about her family and Emline asked if I had two parents when I was a child and I said yep <laughs> and then she asked if I had any siblings and I said that I had two sisters or she asked if I had a younger sibling and I said no I have two older sisters only And then I think, to recap, he said, and you, do you have any, or did you grow up with both of your parents? And I said, um, until about the age of three, I grew up with both of my parents. Um, my dad moved, ended up moving to Ottawa, and my mom remarried. And did you ask me at that point, where did I grow up, or where did I live? Yeah, after you had said your dad was from Manitoba. Yeah, so my dad's parents spoke, and he grew up with a little bit of the language, um, but the dialect that I've picked up over here is just so different that it's just been too hard for him to be able to try and decipher what I'm saying. Um, and so then I think he had asked me, Ozawa had asked me, um, where did you grow up? And I was saying, like, I, I was born in Nova Scotia in Mount Uniac, Shout out to my Uniac <laughs> family. Um, just craving and like just really wanting to go back. Um, but COVID has, has stopped us from doing so. Um, and I had mentioned that I grew up in, inland, um, not, not near the ocean. And it, so I was saying like Mi'kmaq territory and that we live near a river. And I was just like super grateful for that. And then I think... He asked me, well, did you, do you have any sisters or brothers? Um, I think you asked me, do you have any younger siblings? Mm -hmm. 
And I just um, want to introduce my brother Brent, who is nine years younger than me, um, did the cover art for our podcast, um, Annoying, our sound. He was the one who um, I collaborated with to create that beautiful image. And he, we didn't grow up in the same household. We have different moms. And um, now he's, um, he's doing all sorts of cool stuff. So this is just sort of a segue into our um, our family, our, ma- our immediate families, and uh, that we grew up. I think that's when I asked you, did you grow up or does any, yeah. of, any of your family speak? Yeah. And then I said, no, they didn't. Um, and my mother is from Oneida. And so my grandparents on that side spoke Oneida, but they didn't teach their children. So that's why my mother doesn't speak Oneida. And then my dad's side, my grandpa doesn't speak. So uh, no one from my dad's side is the Anishinaabe side speaks. Uh, so yeah, that's part of our topic for today is us speaking around our family and friends and we'll get into we'll get into that um, and kind of our thoughts around um, the challenges. How we haven't made it a barrier within our life. Um, the fact that we it is just immersion within our own household. Um, doesn't mean that we expect our family members to all of a sudden just acquire the language and start speaking it. And what we do in order to try and maintain an immersion household while we're still in public with family, with friends, um, and maybe some of those things through trial and error can help uh, any of you out there who is on the same journey, um, what has worked for us and what hasn't. Um, I think that you had mentioned you wanted to kind of talk about pre-babies, where we were with our families and kind of talking what we had expected, um, conversations we had had with them and what we thought their predictions or their expectations would be with us. So I, I think both of our families knew like that we wanted to only speak in the language to our children and I didn't really know what their expectations were of that I just knew of kind of our own expectations which was just use the language all the time with them with our kids and there was no expectations for me at least for my family to learn how to speak I mean it would if they wanted to I would be in full support but I didn't have any expectations of them learning to speak the language but did they expect you to be doing what you're doing like did did when you had those conversations or when you began began learning or when we began dating do you think that your family um, understood that that was what we were going to do I think I think so yeah okay that's what I'm wondering I'm honestly, yeah. we're, I'm honestly here asking, yeah. Um, because for me, I feel like my my parents always knew I had a, a niche for language. My mom was the one that supported me to take the program I took. I myself didn't know how far the language I would go and how far it would take me, but when I be- fell in love with it, when I just like fell in love with Nishinaabe Moen, I just could not not share that like it's a it's a part of my body and that's what my children were going to be so I knew that I wanted to find a partner who spoke the language we've all heard this story before many times um that's how I found Ozawa and um I just don't know if people knew to the degree of how serious I was I think they knew that I wanted to incorporate and perhaps I wanted to have a bilingual Household, but I don't think they understood how serious I was in just making it an Ishnabimun household because there's just such a lack of that um, anywhere. Like, th- this is the only place we're going to get it, right? So, I don't think my parents really understood the degree as to 
how little they were expecting. Like, I think in general, everyone was just expecting the communication ways to be very clear and easy. And it hasn't, it is very, it is very easy, but two languages adds more cars on the freeway. You know what I mean? It just adds more to the, to the shuffle. And it's just like figuring out our own way of navigating. And it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. There's been no, there's been no conflict at all. Our families have been completely supportive. It's just a first for everybody, I think. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've noticed like just because they're, I think with my own learning, um, I, I didn't speak in the language around my family, like before having kids and I didn't really share it with them that way on a consistent basis. And so I don't know if that kind of took them off guard or not when I, when we had kids and then they just hear me speaking <laughs> only in the language around like to our first to Zarai. Um, I think that's what it was like for my side and probably for your side. Yeah, like, because it was the same for both of us. Because no one had been in an immersion setting, let alone in an immersion Nishnabim one setting. And then they kind of just get pulled into the ride with it. Yeah, like, I noticed my family using the language, like, just words here and there now that that we speak it all the time. Like, they'll say bojo or... things like that Beesh. so for me I actually heard more Oneida growing up I think because my grandparents were speakers and they had heard a little bit of Oneida so I knew some Oneida words like with my Oneida family like hearing them talk and uh, my mom using it like just very little words here and there and then I guess bringing in Anishinaabemowin is kind of a new thing for our community as well. Yeah. This is like a first for a, a lot of people, not just like even. So I got married into Monty's community. Like I married him. And so because I don't have a community and we live close by, I feel like that is the community I'm now a part of. I feel like I've slowly began relationships and beginning to feel home finally and in saying that as I've gotten to know people and we before COVID would go around with Sadai um from my from my perspective the reactions that we received were all pretty like we weren't expecting this or yeah like we just weren't expecting this. I, that's the only way I can really I can really put it. And it's not it's not a bad thing at all. And it's just it's just one of those feelings, right? We are like, yeah, this is what we meant, and we're trying your best, and we hope that you're along here for supporting us. Um, yeah, I think when we go out, well, even with our friends that don't know exactly what we're doing or go, going out into the community people are just kind of like stop I think like maybe I think that's what I notice anyway is that people kind of stop and listen and they're like what language is that or they know what language but they're just like why are they speaking <laughs> not why but like is that how that really sounds yeah, no I'm just kidding <laughs> actually speaking to their kids in the language like is this like they're kind of caught off guard or surprised and I like it, it I, I don't know I don't know what it brings up to them I was gonna say it, maybe it brings up some other kind of emotions for people but like I don't know what they're experiencing but it's something that it's like you're in a bubble together when everyone kind of realizes it like when you realize that they realize and everyone's kind of like looking at each other then it's hard to keep pushing forward and doing it because you're distracted and you're feeling like, oh God, am I doing the right thing right now? 
and they're probably going through a completely different process than us. And I, I just let that and allow that be to be, but it's just like a twilight moment, like a twilight zone moment where you're like, what's, what, what are we all experiencing at the moment? <laughs> what's happening? And where do we go? Like, how do we get back into normal? It's, I don't know what that is. Um, and that's okay. That's okay for me, for me. Um, but yeah, so even as a community in, in a sense, and out, and even I mean in a community in London or in a community in the city, because we have indigenous communities um, within our cities. Um, it's just all such a new feeling, new process. And for me, like I'll like around family and friends, like sometimes I'll forget that they don't know the language, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to our kids, and I'll think that they know mm-hmm. what we said to them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll realize that they didn't. And then I'll have to translate for them what I said. So it's not like a huge barrier, but it's just kind of like a little anecdote. Like I just forget that. You forget how much you know. Yeah. Like I think sometimes I think everyone knows <laughs> what I know or gets the gist of what I know. When I'm people, sorry. When people don't have any idea. I'm with you, but like I'm with you and oh my goodness, this is funny because I'm with you because I, I'm, I know exactly what you mean, but I'm also in the other boat because you know so much more than me. So it's funny. It's just such a wild ride. I'm sorry for all the, it's just really funny um, because I'm, I experienced the same thing where I'm like, they know what I'm saying. Like you can hear it in the tone of my voice, you know, like you understand, like, and then you realize, no, like there was a time I had no idea when people would say, we sin and and I was like, what are you guys saying? And they're like, we're saying let's sit at the table and eat. And I'm like, I don't, under, like, how was that, you know? And I have to go yeah. back to that place, right? Um, but, but even, so we're talking about immediate family right now, mostly, I think. And I've just noticed, like, by no means do we have any expectations of them learning the language. That was not the point. Um, I mean, if they want to, we're both supportive of that. But it was about us and our journey and our children's journey. And, but I have noticed along the way, um, like you said, Monty, your family using it more. Um, so my mom, I know that she uses it a lot, as much as she can. And same with my dad. Sorry. Yeah, I noticed your dad uses what he knows or what he remembers. Yeah, like he started using it a lot more. Um, and it, I think it's like slowly kind of, very slowly unlocking some new sounds and things that he's heard, which is kind of cool. Um, and so that's just been kind of nice because I'm seeing it trickle down. And it's not trickling down because they want to learn the language and carry on with it's more they want to support our children as they learn and they whew, I don't want to get emotional you go I'll just, I'll, just say, <laughs> I'll just say for us too um when we're in the community or around our family uh, like we don't break into English like just because we're around other people that don't know it and we've kind of kept kept to that so when we're in the community or if we're in around London or around people where we're talking to them we'll talk to them in English and then we'll talk to our kids in the language same around our friends and so we we maintain that kind of we're staying in the language with our kids so they know that we're going to speak to them in the language and I don't know I don't think they I think there's a there's a bit of an understanding for Zadai she's starting to see that there's a different way of speaking but I don't think before she would she noticed like okay we're now speaking English okay now we're speaking Shabemwan 
I think for her, we're just all in one way of communication and she just understood us when we would talk to her and then probably understood when we would talk to other people in English. But yeah, we, we don't, whenever we're in public, we don't break into English. We'll translate for people, but if we, yeah, if we need to, but we don't speak, speak uh, English to them. And same with in public too, like I was, we were somewhere in public and I was talking to Zada in the language and I was kind of like, I forget what, what I was telling her, but it was like some kind of like a parenting thing, like teaching her something or telling her about something. And I was in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this person, I wonder if this person's like judging me on my parenting skills. <laughs> saying they don't they can't understand in the Shambay one so they so they don't know like, they, they're not judging my parenting skills because they don't know what I'm saying <laughs> sorry it's just so funny <laughs> oh it reminded me I was gonna say hey I had to cut off my mic while I work through my emotions there on that last bit <clears throat> how you told that story but yeah for Zada I feel like it's kind of a more of a it was more of a flipped switch before it would just go on and off and now she's a little bit more aware that there's two different languages and that she can switch back and forth and that she can technically choose which one she speaks in and so sometimes we're left saying like nope put that in Nishnabemoyen please um, because she's now back, well, she was in daycare. It was open for a couple of weeks there, which was a lifesaver for a bit, just to get her to be able to socialize again. But in saying that, um, so we, we depend on our English families to, like, before, before daycare and then through COVID, um, we depended on our families via Zoom or however to supply that English for our children since they're only getting Nishnabemun in, in the in the home. So there's TV, radio, people in the entire world, signs, restaurants, everything you can imagine in English because we live in an English-dominant country. Um, so we weren't worried about the kids learning English. My kids' English is probably better than their... It's probably equal right now, right? But... In saying that, um, we looked at we looked to them for that guidance. So, I also feel like, for instance, my mom when my when my daughter um, has the, a chance to talk or visit with my mother, I know that she's gonna get really good English. Um, not that it matters, but she can sit with her and help her with the sounds. Ugh! Why am I so emotional? Which for me is just like. I can't sit with her in English and go through the sounds with her. So it just makes me feel like I'm supported in that way as well because all the things that I thought I would be doing in English, I'm not. And even though I don't want to be doing it in English, um, I feel like I'm like not like that's some slack I should be picking up. Like she should still, I should still be practicing those sounds with her that, but we don't have them in Anishinaabe when F's and THs and or you know things like this right so I think yeah I think I said this before too uh, I think about it a little bit differently um I'm not really I mean it's good she's getting good English um spoken around her and um but I think about like the English terminology of like res slang and like how um 
like it's cute and stuff to be if they knew how to say oh heck that's deadly or heck you're crazy <laughs> like things like that um like sometimes because sometimes i want to say that to her like things like that and teach her how to say that but i'm just like no i can't i don't want to open pandora's box yeah i just want to keep the english out and somehow i'll have to say that in the language so do we want to get into kind of being around fluent speakers or is there something else you wanted to did you want to talk about extended family and friends for a bit before we get into that um just in the sense of like we have friends that are language speakers that um, we've talked about before, you know, that we can, I mean, this is pre-COVID or working around COVID. I don't want to get into that at the moment, but, you know, visiting, however, online in the language um, with Zada's friends, like, you know, um, other families that are doing this uh, meeting in the language. But then we have a lot of friends also who don't aren't fluent in the language or who aren't high proficient or who don't share that. And it's I think we did kind of already touch on this, but what we end up doing is really just doing like a double translate. So especially when I'm around kids, um, like with Zada at the park or um, if there's like a or daycare, like, you know, when you're around kids, someone else's children who don't speak Anishinaabim when and you know that they have no idea what's going on and so I'm telling Zara like Kidambojo like say hello Kidanani and so then she says Ani and I realize Frig like this child doesn't know what Zara is saying so then I have to say Kidan hello and it just sounds so weird and it's just so strange but it's like how do you navigate that on the playground, right? Like, because you want your children to learn how to socialize, and that child doesn't speak Anishinaabim one, right? So, I'm left being like, okay, like, I'll say in the language like Nishkeosh, Tatahagi, Mabakwezinsiya, Nupkikwagim, Bibgoyan. Like, look, wow, she has a rainbow T-shirt, and I'm literally doing this so that that little girl who I'm talking about knows I'm not saying like a bunch of things, but I'm trying to get them to, it's like a very strange <laughs> dance to dance, but it's what I do because I want to maintain, okay, Zara, she's hearing me speak Nishnabemun first, but I'm also realizing that there's somebody else in the space with me and I want them to know that like we're communicating with them. We're having a regular human interaction here. <laughs> And I want Zada to learn how to do that as well, right? Um, I don't know, like, when we visit, we visited one of your friends, um, how you kind of, like, worked around. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing when we visited uh, one of my friends who's got a daughter as well. She's a year older than Zada, and so she's speaking English and understanding everything in English, and... And then Zadai at the time didn't understand as much English. And so it was uh, like translating for Zadai and then saying, or no, saying something to Zadai in the language and then translating what I said just for the other, just for my buddy's daughter to understand when they were playing together. And then. Yeah, because that was the only time, like, I didn't translate what I was saying to her, uh, to my to my buddy, like, if we were just hanging out, but if the two girls were playing mm -hmm. together, then I would translate just so that she knows there, there was an understanding. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, and then also with extended family, like, Pre-COVID, we always had family reunions or, like, big family get-togethers at your house. My parents' house, yeah. And then on my my side, my mother's side, um, I have some family who um, 
have been just like super supportive and when they write me letters we do you know snail mail still I still practice that with all of my family um and they write to Zadai and my my son in Anishinaabemwin and so I've sent her a dictionary so that she can write to the to them a little bit easier um and never ever would I have bet money on that ever happening in my lifetime ever <laughs> not because of like who anybody is but just because like I just never thought in our time it would be that accessible or that tangible or that, that I could be that supported <laughs> so that's just been super wonderful for the kids um in that sense that it's like kind of trickled down that far um just through love like just through family just through wanting to connect wanting to to stay connected I just love it anyways I won't get too mushy because I know how much you love when I get like that <laughs> maybe that's a good segment into um passing down the language trickling down um the reason why it hasn't been passed on yeah so I guess I'll just mention part of like I said with my with my mom's side how her parents didn't pass down the language because of residential school and um western society um how it's kind of taken over and looks upon other indigenous languages and looks down upon it as not useful and things like that and so that's kind of you know among a spectrum of of those reasons um, that's why the language wasn't passed down and I found that it's it's somewhat difficult or uh, just different for fluent speakers to speak in the language um, to children uh, for me like even for me sometimes I'll have fluent speakers that I'll, I'll only respond to them in the language but they'll respond to me in English even though I know that they're fluent because they're teachers of somewhere or I've heard them speak somewhere uh, and there's kind of something there but there's there's also those other speakers that a lot of fluent speakers where if they hear somebody speaking to them then they'll switch and they'll just stay in the language with me and I found that for some reason changes when it's little kids or babies or kids and they want to use English and we we've found that in different scenarios that um, fluent speakers will sometimes speak in English to them and and we kind of we try and remind them to use the language um, but yeah, so there's that kind of, I don't know if it's a challenge or a barrier sometimes when we're trying to get our kids to be around fluent speakers. I know that there's, I mean, there's also awesome fluent speakers, like when we have an Ashkenishnabemjik who will just stay in the language and will just like what I think we said before, that's where, like, we when Zadai was there, like, everyone was only speaking to her in the language, and that was awesome. I think, too, there's, um, fluent speakers, like, when we have gone to a conference, it's like they're surprised as well, like, like, these people are speaking the language to their child. I think you have experience with that, too, like, when speakers are like, wow, that wow, this person's only speaking to their baby in the language because like, it's not seen or heard, really. Like, there's a few people that we know that are doing it, but it's not, like, out, out there with a large group of people speaking to their kids in the language. It would start out, like, me walking by with the baby stroller and a speaker saying something to me like someone that I, I know and then maybe saying something to Zadai as a baby and 
from her as a toddler and me responding to her and responding back to them and then them realizing oh like she responded I'm gonna ask her another question in the language and you know like and then it's oh I've noticed she's speaking the language I wonder if she uses it with her baby because she's speaking back to me she should be speaking with her baby not all, all not all people but some I, I feel like this is the narrative happening and um so then they'll ask me like you know, oh, do you do you use the language with your daughter and or, or you're with your son? And I'll say, yeah, this is all I speak. I know I'm not a great speaker yet, but we're getting there. And and then we usually continue on the conversation. And usually that's it's this it's met with that same little twilight zone bubble. It doesn't usually like it goes smoothly and, and then there's nothing bad. It's a really positive, rewarding experience. But it's usually that, you know, I'm walking along and I say something and then they ask me and then they're like, what? So then they look at the baby and they start speaking to the baby and then they look at me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like just keep going. And then they're kind of like, what? You really, like, you know, it's kind of this, <laughs> you really want me to keep going? And I'm like, yeah. And not all speakers are like that and not all people I meet by who have pro proficiency are like that. But that conferences that in general, especially in Nishnab and Muntake, that has been the general sense um, when I've run into people, especially when they realize as she got older and she was responding, they were like, oh, like, She's not just running around as this mother speaks. She's she's actually responding and re, um, understanding, even though I know sometimes I'm butchered butchering it. <laughs> so yeah, we probably have like we have uh, friends that are raising their kids in the language, and hopefully we can get um, get them on the podcast too as as guests and we'll we'll have to figure that out for the future but they probably have s similar stories as well to us and because everyone's kind of in the same in the same uh, i mean you do pass situation. by those people and they they ask you and then when they hear your your nishnab and when they go like oh, okay like <laughs> okay you're you're you um and they don't agree with it like well you don't know like you shouldn't be t like there you do come across that as well but yeah. We're just not going there today. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like, even among speakers and teachers of the language, there's a whole spectrum of attitudes and personalities, yeah, personalities, and learning approaches, and what their expectations are, and and regular human behavior and politics between any group anywhere in the world no matter what race or anything you are like when I spoke in the first podcast about learning Nishinaabemwen and learning German how I'm deciphering what is just language learning and what is Nishinaabemwen and only related to Nishinaabemwen and one thing is that like there's always politics but it's never one just big happy family um, because you have personalities from all different sides from all different trainings of life so one thing that you have to remember and always set aside is that you want it to be, you mentioned this the other day in the car, Ozawa, that you want it to be this big happy family where everyone's loving and revitalizing the language and human behavior just doesn't allow it. Um, it's like one of the flaws of trying to do this as humans with everything on top of we have to fight through colonialism and whatnot, but I think you were kind of talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay all right where are we at babe 47 minutes right something else i wanted to mention about our family and friends that we do in our hosts when we have friends and family over i have or or that i've sent even over to my mom's house i have books that are in english and i have books that are in Nishnabemwen. I never really send, I never send Anishinaabemwin books with my, with anybody because I don't expect them to read it. Um, in the beginning, I met, I sent one or two that were translated in English so that um, I would send like me speaking the story and on uh, an audio file and then have my mom read it in English. Um, we recently found like one or two books that have like one or two words in them that my mom knows so she can read those. But we really just... We have the English books to set aside for those family members that come over and can do the English. And then we have, um, and then we keep them out and we translate them on the spot with our kids. 
And then we also have like Anishinaabeg Born books that we just only use when we're with the kids. So one of our strategies is, um, yeah, sending those English books with people who can read them and so that they're getting to read and do um, practice doing that or listening to stories, which I think is a very important part of childhood. No matter what kind of um, medium, whether it is a book or a scroll or whatever, if it's, I think oral is just as good, but story t- storytelling is how we pass down knowledge as Anishinaabeg. And I just know it's just super important. So that was just one of the steps that we used. Um, I think that from what people are seeing now is more people speaking, raising children in the language. And it's kind of giving inspiration to people and it's getting more out there. Like a few years ago, it was a new thing. Uh, to to even hear about oh someone's raising their kid in the language is that even real but now that it's kind of getting more out there more people are taking notice of it more people are hearing about it and so like those speakers that might have been hesitant to talk to our kids for example now they understand and they're trying to only speak in the language to them or when we see them or Um, more people are getting noticed for speaking to their kids in the language well I think there's like a big I don't know but I feel like there's got to be a big part about trust and betrayal and protection of the language and there's just been so much betrayal done on our ancestors and on our elders and on our language carriers that I feel like to just always give, give, give. We know as language teachers, as language knowledge holders, little knowledge, a lot of knowledge, that when people are constantly asking from you and asking little bits, it can get really tediously exhausting because little people are asking just all the time for like, me, 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 me. How do you say that? How do you say this? How do you... With and, not, no, and not getting anywhere, not becoming fluent, yeah, or not sharing, not taking more. it, not taking it seriously, tokenizing, or or not just wanting it, not compensating your time, not. So we as teachers can empathize with elders in that sense of years and years of little bits, little bits, little bits. Why would I, you know? There's got to be a sense of that, and when they see something starting to happen, if it were me, I would be like, oh yes, but don't hold my breath, right? Yes, yes, yes. But then as like the surge grew, as social media platforms grew and more people became connected and and resources grew, I feel like more families are beginning to do this and the demand that they're seeing is greater and it's beginning to shift that that narrative of they really do need me to use the language. This isn't just a translate my name. What does this mean? What would this mean? What is my how do I say this is my whatever, um, to no, they really are taking this seriously and I'm not wasting my time. And I feel like maybe that is a bit of it because for me, that's how I'd be feeling. And I don't know how, I can't speak for anybody, but. Yeah, and I think the more people, like more young people see other young people doing it, it kind of inspires them that, oh, there's somebody that can do it. There's somebody out there that's actually, that's become a speaker and actually teaching their kids. Yeah, you're going to make me cry again. (laughs) Just because, like, ugh. I think it's important that I just, like, be authentic in this when I tell this story. And that's that, like, when we, I can't remember exactly who, if it was Jess and Miss or who exactly was putting on the immersion weekend that weekend in Serpent River. Do you remember? Garden River? No. Yeah, Serpent River, right? Or Garden River. Anyways. It was a couple of years ago, and um, Monty and I had just started dating, and we went up for the weekend. It was just a small group of people. There were speakers there. Oh, Christy Belcourt. Yeah, yeah. That one. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. Sorry, yeah. Um, I just remember being there with, with them. And, um, yeah, that was, um, 
When was the first time I received like a me a miguan, magazine miguan? I'm just gonna say that because I don't I don't need to share if anyone who doesn't know what that means and doesn't they don't need to right now. Um, because they were watching, there's a young couple there, and now they're like amazing speakers too. <laughs> so shout out to you guys if you're listening. I know who you are, <laughs> and um, they gifted Ozawa and I something. And, um, they said it was just because, like, they saw us as, like, leaders or role models in some way doing something good. And it was just the first time I felt acknowledged <laughs> as a young person from another young person that I was doing the right thing. So I'm sorry to take you guys on this, like, really teary journey or whatever, but, um... Like, just to know now that, like, they're doing what they're doing and to know that at one point, like, it meant something to somebody. And it just, like, yeah. Those are special times. <laughs> so, for us, you know, we have, we have our role models as well. And we hope that this, what we share in this podcast can kind of help spread it even more, the message of, important we feel the languages and hopefully other people will feel the same and want to raise their kids in the language Woo! water is super good i'm letting the tears flow today thank you so much for um walking with us as we shared some of these stories this was a deep one i thought it might be a little lighter than it was but that's okay um this is a whole part of this journey it's a roller coaster. There's lots of up and downs and lots of emotions. And I just think that um, this is a safe space for everyone to authentically feel all the things that are going to arise. So I just like welcome you in joining us in that process. And say um, miigwech for, for joining us today. Um, and I hope in some way, in some spirit, in some light, we've spread some inspiration in a way um, just by doing what we're doing. So, Jimmy Gwedge, Gigwa, Anch, Gigwa Anchit Ken, Nishna Bamiyan, Ah, Bamapi, Bamapi. Okay. That's my waste.